Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris, a rare Tuesday show. I've been doing a lot of traveling. Hassel has been rubbing the boils off of his sister's feet. My been sister just... doesn't listen to the show, but apparently some of her friends do. So it oh, got they find out her. about this bit? Yeah. What'd she have to say? Not much. She doesn't, does she appreciate it? <laughs> no, does she I, like being I a part of the know. show? She, she just didn't. Uh, she didn't have much to say about it, but she kind of smiled. Do you like your sister? Uh, no, no. Yeah, of course I do. I love her. Why? Why? I I just had her at my house for. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you like her. That might you, some people do that because it's true. the right thing to that's do. That's true. No, that's true. But no, I. She's great. I had a great time hanging out with her and our uh, our niece Reese and my brother in law Matt. Watched all the games. Went to the beach. It's a great time. Yeah, you look like you got some sun. Got some sun. Got all moist in the sun. Welcome back to the program. Uh, we appreciate our sponsor, Fairway Meat and Grocery. Daddy's going to go and get him a nice, giant baby back rib to smoke. Oh. For the final four games coming up on Saturday. That's my plan. Smoking some ribs, baby. It's that time of year. Going Daddy's to gonna smoke some baby back ribs. Oh yeah, I want like my baby back, baby back. Do you like spare ribs or baby back ribs more? Uh, uh baby back for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. We also are in the Channel Seed Studios, of course. The Mobile Channel Seed Studios. They went with us all the way to Las Vegas last week. What an incredible brand. What an incredible partner. The channel is of ours. We look forward to telling you more about them in the uh, months coming. But really good people. I I think it's interesting Chris, sometimes it's like oh, well, uh, it's seed. <laughs> like how exciting could it be? The more you learn about this company, the more interested you'll be in, into it too, my friend. It's like a very progressive and i and i don't mean that politically uh company that is really looking to attract young farmers and they think we're a great option to help them do that i do know that it's it's planting season is not yet but we're getting close and the amount of farmers now who listen to podcasts while they're well you're out on your rig the whole day right yeah like but it's it's crazy like the amount of farmers like I, i think there's this like there's this thought that farmers are all these old guys with the flat bill caps that are like 40 years old, right? There's so many young farmers now who have taken over and stuff. It's a really cool company, so we appreciate our friends from Channel. Uh, did just get back from Vegas. We are going to get into the Iowa women who are on the way to the Final Four. They've really kind of taken um, the nation, the sports country by storm, Chris, where you know we... Caitlin Clark's been a really big deal for a while. I'm not trying to make light of it, but now she's kind of being seen more on a 
national stage. I mean, I, I didn't watch it, but apparently yesterday on ESPN's first take, they were debating her stardom, uh, you know, where she fits into the basketball echelon. Uh, and I've been saying for two years, she reminded me of Steph Curry. That's getting tossed around a lot now. Um, I also have seen, so just on our, we have a TikTok page now at Iowa Everywhere uh, on TikTok, so y'all should go and follow that. If you're on, if you're on the, the TikTok, Luke Combs, the country artist, just replied to our one of our TikTok videos about Caitlin Clark listening to his songs while she's warming up. Um, and, the, and the reason I point that out is that she's her stardom has even taken on a new level. That he knows who she is. Yeah. That he's like, oh, yeah. And he invited her to a concert. It's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So where where were you at? Like, compare your fandom. Because you're not a huge women's basketball fan in the past. We've talked about this. But are you, like, all in on this? I I mean, I'm assuming you are. It's been interesting to watch. Because it seems like now, you know, okay, Carver filled up. Mm Mm-hmm. Hilton is filled up for 20 years for the, but it seem it does seem to me like the women's game's taking a huge step here with, with the, with the Iowa run in our state. It, it, it has. And I think the women's game has grown tremendously just in the last decade. I mean, even before Caitlin came on the scene, it was starting to grow. Uh, and we've talked about that at length here on two guys named Chris as to why that is. And now it's it's becoming an even bigger deal. And now we get the matchup that I think everybody wanted. You'll want to yes. see Caitlin Clark, the best player in the country, against the unbeatable team. And the coach that's, even though she says she has nothing against Caitlin Clark, that's said some things in the past that have rubbed Iowa fans the wrong way, Caitlin Clark fans the wrong way. And now we get to see it go down. And, you know, I I applaud a lot of Iowa fans for wanting this matchup because, honestly, and I think everybody knows it, you should have been rooting for Maryland if you want Iowa to win a national championship. Yes. Maryland played South Carolina last night. But I think most Iowa fans are rooting for South Carolina because they want to see it, even though it's it's going to be really, really difficult. And i got to be honest, it's probably not going to happen. Now, I was I, an 11-and-a-half-point underdog. 11-and-a-half, is that what it is? Okay, I guessed I, I 10 plus. So. I hadn't seen the line yet. That sounds about right. Uh, but Iowa has a, a style of play, I think, and a star that could keep them in the game. They're going to have to hit 15-plus threes. Sonano's going to be taken out of the game, most likely. <clears throat> and they're just going to have to hit a bunch of shots, give... South Carolina, they're inside dominance and hope that they're in that game late. But I, I think it's a really interesting matchup. I'm not going to say it's it's impossible, but it's extremely unlikely. But I can't wait to watch it. I'm with you. This is what we all this is what we all wanted. The only thing that could have made it better is if by chance it was in the championship game. The Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark thing has taken on a weird I don't remember anything like this. Um, I don't remember any wooden award where it's just like this open campaigning for these two athletes where it gets, it's gotten kind of nasty. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you, well, and it's been going on for years. This, this, this isn't just a this year thing. This happened last year too. 
And I would guess that, that Caitlin and Aaliyah Boston, I don't know. I have no idea who Aaliyah Boston is. I don't think Caitlin's sitting around like shit talking Aaliyah Boston. Like, oh, I'm, I'm positive Caitlin thinks she's better than her. Caitlin thinks she's better than everyone. And that's one of the reasons that makes her so great. Um, I don't know. It's just been really odd. Like, there's so much jealousy of Caitlyn out there. Like, and and it's it's all over the sport. Um, but I, I've I've thought for a really long time about this too, and I I almost did a monologue for the CW pod on it, and I, I've kind of held off. And like for me, in the last 15 years, like I've kind of taken it on my wing to be a cheerleader for women's basketball. Because back in the day, you know, I think that sport needed it. It needed people, hey, you guys should try this. This is a really good product. Like, I promise, like, this is a really good product. And I, I kind of wanted to be that, especially when I was traveling with Iowa State and I was so close to the, to everything. Um, not saying that the sport even needs that now because it, it's it's grown so much. But what I, what I hate is... And I, I don't understand, Chris, why it's gotten so nasty. Maybe you can help me with this because it's like you can. Well, it depends on who you're talking about. Like, who, who are we talking about here? Are we talking about fans, just random fans, or are we talking about Iowa State fans? Oh, we can get into the Iowa State thing too. That's that's an easy answer because of the Cyhawk thing, and the, anything can turn nasty because of that. I'm just saying, women's basketball in general, like it's so weird. Um, the gel, like. Because, like, I, I do think, like, women's basketball has come a long way in 15 years. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And it's not all because of Caitlin Clark. Nobody's nobody's saying that. But if you're Don Staley and you can't sit there and realize the, like, the draw that Caitlin has become and how it's helping everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's helping lift everything. And I get it. Caitlin's a bit of an acquired taste, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the, like humans aren't used to seeing females act the way Caitlyn has done on, I get it. Like it's, it is, it's got to grow on you a little bit. It did me. And now I'm just, I just treat her like one of the guys, right? Like it's, we see dudes out there talking shit and doing it all the time. Like it's no, like we were watching Caitlyn in the, uh, player from Louisville go back and forth the other night and it was great like it was just trash talk but I don't know like this jealousy of of her in this we'll get to the Iowa State thing here in a minute but then nationally I just I don't really understand it because she's she's putting so many more eyeballs on the sport and like watch when she's drafted her jersey's going to become the number one selling WNBA jersey of all time it just will. And it might not be for a couple more years either. Yeah. I, I don't get the, if you're just some random national person, why, how, how you could have any jealousy toward Caitlin Clark. Um, I totally get it for Iowa State fans. I don't get it if you're not a fan of one of Iowa's rivals. I don't. I don't understand because for all the reasons you laid out, it, she's great for the game. The, the ratings are are going up. The attendance is going up. I was stunned to see how many Iowa fans actually went out to Seattle. I was worried about that. I did not think oh. that the crowd was going to be that great in Seattle because of I how difficult be it is awesome to get there. Friday night. But down in, yeah, down in Dallas, 
That's another story. That's an easy trip. That's a direct flight, I'm sure, from a lot of airports in Iowa. Iowa will have Seattle a not. home court advantage in that game, I would think. Yeah, and, and South Carolina's been playing at home this whole tournament. They, they played in they played in their home state every game. And they, they are getting they got all the breaks. Hawks versus Cox, baby. Oh, who's your mom rooting for? I haven't talked to her. She's I didn't she's a big Iowa that. State fan. So yeah. it would be. You got to think she's going to be rooting for the Cox, then, right? I would think she's probably rooting for the Cox, but I did grow up in a home where you kind of cheered for the local teams, regardless. Like, there's really? not a lot of not a lot of hate flowing through the veins of the Williams family when it comes. We don't have a lot of sports, except hate. for your dad just, just hates Iowa. Well, and he hates Iowa because of fans, not really because of the players and stuff. <laughs> He just hates Iowa because of the people on Twitter and message boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm guessing my dad will actually probably root for Iowa. Mom, I'm guessing, will be all about the Cox. I'm guessing. We are going to go back, I think, and hopefully watch that game with them. But uh, the, let's get to the Iowa State thing, which is fascinating to me, too. And it's totally predictable why Iowa State fans I, – I don't think any Iowa State fan should – have to root for Iowa uh, in, in any sense. But it, again, like it's just, it's really weird because Iowa State had a team going into this year where you kind of thought this was our year, right? Like you looked at the where they were ranked preseason, but we both these teams were in the top 10. Remember, Iowa State has the big injury. You know, they, they peak and win the Big 12, but their seeding was not in the right spot and they, they flamed out in the round of 64. So there's there's definite like fandom jealousy there because you kind of thought this was Finley's year, if you're an Iowa State fan, and um, I don't know. I'm I'll root for Iowa. I'll, I'll come out and say it, but I also I really like Caitlin, and I I think it's okay. It's totally okay for an Iowa State fan to be like, yeah, screw that. I'm not rooting for my rival. That's that's how it should be. I I, I totally agree. I, I think that because uh, there's the Iowa State, there's some Iowa State fans who love what they're seeing from Caitlin Clark. I think they tend to be more women's basketball leaning and and just love the sport of women's basketball, so they can appreciate what they're seeing. And like then there's me. the hardcore Iowa State fan. Yeah. And in no way is this fan going to root for Iowa's success. They're not gonna. Well, why would they want to see Iowa have all this success? And I and I totally get that. Like, I just, I just think of my dad. Like, my dad would never root for Iowa State. No, no matter what. Like, if this was on, if the shoe was on the other foot, and Caitlin Clark was on Iowa State, and they were going on this big run, he would be rooting against them. But I think the fans, <laughs> I've seen it. The fans have been fighting with each other oh, because the, the the fans who are rooting for Iowa. The Iowa State fans who are rooting for Caitlin Clark and like what they see from Caitlin Clark are getting into it with the Iowa State fans who aren't. And they're some of them are shaming them. Like, you should be you should you should just appreciate greatness. Well, not if the greatness is wearing <laughs> the rival uniform. I get it. It's this tough thing cuz it's like I just wish people could just have real conversations because it's like the whole 
Well, you wouldn't root for him in the men's game, uh, and I'll come at it from the other way. You're right. I would. I wouldn't. But this whole acting like men's and women's basketball have been the exact same thing for 20 years. It's just not true. Some people do. Some people are cheerleaders for the women's game. And then they'll go, oh, well, you're a sexist because of that. Oh, I'm a, I'm a sexist because I've tried to help bring attention to and, <laughs> and prop up this game that didn't get nearly ill. Oh, but you want to bitch about they don't get enough coverage, but then the people who do cover it are, are sexist because they're cheerleaders and trying to prop up the sport, right? So, like, it's 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 really annoying. Um, this whole thing, and maybe I'm a little bit too sensitive here, but I started getting this when I sat down in Carver-Hawkeye Arena with Caitlin Clark for an hour. Um, because and you're su- supposed to be the Iowa State guy? Yes. And that kind of... Cyclone fanatic? Yeah, and I, I get it. Um, but I actually give Iowa credit for inviting me to come in there and they mm-hmm. wanted to show Caitlin's other side and thought that the Iowa state guy, because of my association with women's basketball, I give them some, some credit for that. But it, to me, like in, and again, maybe I'm being an egomaniac here and I'm too sensitive. I feel like that's when it kind of started with the Iowa state thing. I don't blame Iowa state fans for not rooting for them at all. Nobody's saying you have to, but I this whole mindset that the men's and women's games are the exact same thing, and you got to treat them the exact same. I think you're wrong. I think amateur wrestling fans would do the same thing. Like now, not necessarily Iowa and Iowa State with that rivalry all the time, but I think that like Spencer Lee, in my mind, by wrestling fans is widely celebrated. David Carr is widely... Walk through Carver Hawkeye Arena and find an Iowa wrestling fan who hates David Carr. You're not going to because they appreciate the greatness and they appreciate and they understand the need to be inclusive with that sport and to get more people to pay attention to it. It's kind of where I feel like what Caitlin's doing with women's basketball right now, I think it's a good thing. As a business owner, I think that in five to ten years, our women's coverage is going to be it's never going to be as popular as the men but i think it's got a damn good opportunity to keep growing to be a real asset to local media because mm-hmm. people are going to care more but and, and the more people care about iowa and iowa state in anything the better it is for guys like you and me keith murphy went all the way out to seattle to cover the iowa women it, 10 years ago that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago you send you know a, a lower guy on the totem pole out there, lower guy or girl out there to cover it, or you don't cover it at all. It's 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 different now. It's this is a big story, and it's going to keep getting bigger because Caitlin Clark isn't leaving. This is potentially just the start. I I would actually make the argument enough if they would win the national championship, no doubt it would be a huge deal. If they lose on Friday, with what we know they have coming back because some of the other players have announced they're coming back too. Like, Bluter and that program aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You you, you kind of get the Jordan losing to the Pistons feel a little bit where, right, like, oh, okay, they cracked the egg, they got into the Final Four, and then mm-hmm. next year Iowa fans are really into this. Can we do it this year? Yeah. I, I, I feel that the momentum of this thing is, is nowhere, near, nowhere near stopping. I just... I just hate how toxic it became. Like, there's some like national writer, some woman, 
It was just been yelling at people about their about Caitlin Clark. She's been really upset about this. She works for uh, Bali Sports or something. Apparently, she I I never heard of her, but I saw a bunch of people, Iowa fans, getting in a fight with her. What? What is she saying? She's one of those people who's upset with the fact that Caitlin gets too much pub because there's other great players out there. There are. Ashley Jones was a great player. She's one of the greatest to ever put on a uniform in our state. But she's not transcendent like Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark is. There's a difference, and it doesn't make it doesn't make Aaliyah Boston less of a good player. We've seen a lot of players who play like Aaliyah Boston. We've never seen a woman's player play like Caitlin is playing. That's the difference. And I wish people could just take their fandom goggles off for two minutes and and, and acknowledge that. Right. And you know. South Carolina and Iowa have both done a really good job of rallying the troops on this deal too. This isn't this isn't organically happening. These media types are going at each other for oh sure good reason. I well I'm looking forward to seeing the game. I wish I wish Caitlin was going to go one on one with her. Right. Yeah. I, I it, you know you got an inside player, you got a post player, and you have a perimeter player, the most perimeter player we've ever seen. Um, but. I just, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be great theater, and Iowa is going to be a a big time underdog, and no one's going to expect them to win. But Caitlin Clark might have to have another forty point triple double, and if she can, if she can slay this dragon, mm. huh, man. Real quick, I want to read this comment because I've seen a lot of this. Kyle says hypothetically, let's say Clark goes pro. What happens to the attendance at Carver next season and the following seasons? I'm assuming it will have an uptick, but will it sell out? The season after Clark goes pro, I guarantee you attendance in Ames will be higher once again. Okay, you're probably right. Who cares? I just don't understand what that has to do with this conversation. Iowa State's been top five in attendance for 20-some years. Nobody has ever... Nobody's ever when talking about Caitlin Clark, but that's not, also another argument uh, about her brand and her greatness is that she's the one that's driving this huge attendance spike in Iowa City. And it's just, and I agree. The, if if Caitlin Clark were to announce she's going pro after this season, which she can't, if she were to leave after this season, attendance would go down. How absolutely. Is that? I mean, why wouldn't it? She's the huge draw. Yeah, this team is great together, but it's Caitlin Clark who all these kids want to go out and see and try to meet. Did you see her camp sold out in like five minutes yesterday? Yeah. I just, and th- but that's the thing though. I'm Kyle's an Iowa State fan, obviously, but that's where like it just, it, it, nobody's attacking Iowa State fans when you talk about Caitlin Clark. Like, but right. the, as a fan, you you take everything that's positive towards Iowa as a slight towards you. Like that, it's not. Iowa State has twenty years of legacy of great women's basketball attendance. They're right there with like UConn and Tennessee and like the iconic programs. When it and comes they were to top school. ten again this year, they were top five. They were three, I think, or three. four actually behind Iowa because Iowa jumped up there. But like, it it doesn't. It's not taking anything away from you. And that's where I think this is hard because you put in our rundown. <laughs> Why are Iowa State fans so snarky and upset about? Like, I don't know how you phrased it, but I think a lot of it is. Oh, this was supposed to be our year. 
And really, though, I mean, I, I, I went into the year thinking expectations were higher for Iowa. They were they were higher for both. But I didn't think like Iowa State was going to carry this this flag from our state. I kind of did. Honestly, really? like with Suarez, I mean, Suarez is going to be a top five pick in the NBA, WNBA draft. Like, I, I don't think, yeah, I really did at the beginning of the year. But I mean, at, at the very least, I thought both teams were on equal footing. And, after they and, fizzled out in Iowa City, I'd changed my mind. But I'm talking in like October when we were. Wasn't Iowa out. ranked higher than Iowa State to start the season? Mm, I don't know about that. They were really close. They were both. They were, I thought they were both top 10, but. They were I both in the top 10. I thought mm-hmm. Iowa had the best player. I thought Iowa State had the better team mm-hmm. going into the year, but that was clearly proven otherwise in in early December. Anyways, let's get into the other stuff. I think we've I think we've I've covered. got the it, preseason poll up. Okay, what Iowa it? was fourth. Iowa State was eighth. Okay, there you go. I, I was supposed to see how they did. Texas was three. Tennessee's up there. Yeah, they did pretty good. They did pretty well as far as the AP poll goes for, for the women. Um, I mean, we'd be dumb not to give a shout-out to the Owls of Florida Atlantic, baby. You don't want to fuck with the Owls. The Owls. I was being so obnoxious in Vegas on Saturday. Oh, that's a big surprise. the hell is that supposed to mean? You were wearing that Pacers jersey. It, it looks like Tyrese Halbert jersey. jersey. Get it you right. had six layers of clothes on. My dad sends sends me this that that tweet from you, and he's like, "Boy, that Williams sure is strange, isn't he?" So what do you mean? Oh, I don't. What deny the hell is he doing wearing an Indiana jersey? Now I tried to explain him to him. He's like, "Who the hell is Halliburton?" <laughs> my dad's never heard of him. Why does he care that he, Iowa State player? Because like my dad, once the player goes to the NBA, he doesn't care. And you guys aren't really used to that either. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> like my dad, what, he doesn't care what Keegan Murray is doing with the Kings. <laughs> See, it's and fascinating. I like to that me. too. I don't really care. Like I, I'm selfish. All I care, I don't really care about. The player the, or the person? I really don't. I just I, I see the jersey. I cheer on the jersey. Let's and you're go. like 90 percent of fans, probably. Most like I don't. That, do I really care that you're a good person or a bad person, or that you, you just want to win success in the NBA or the G League? I don't care. I do. I, 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 I haven't heard any stories from Vegas yet. Okay. I thought you were going to come on here and tell all kinds of stories. Well. Trying to think. So the honestly, it was a little more like we literally just on Thursday and Friday just watched games, right? Because there were so many. What's great about it is you you went on a heater, oh, heater of a lifetime, dude. I even ended it with I I I hit the NASCAR winner on what? Sunday. Oh my god! Plus six twenty five, baby. He was so obnoxious. So, <laughs> what was what was obnoxious about me, Van Winkle? All I all I, I do is win, 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 no matter what. Oh yeah, okay. what the hell all are you? weekend. 
Oh, this and shake Michael, was this annihilating shake a milkshake. He got a. My dad also wondered how how do these guys hang out with John Miller for four <laughs> straight days? Again, acquired taste, but I'm I've been acquiring that taste for twenty years with Miller. He's he's a hell of a time in Vegas. You you'd really and you really enjoy that. Did a lot. Of, so all we did was bet on sports and play blackjack. Jeez, we went to Binion's. Incredible. Hung out with Zoomye late one night. Zoomye got you on a heater again, too. Remember huh? Zoomye? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, we we had a really good time. It 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 wasn't as um, crazy, I guess, as that one night that that you and me had there. But it we we had a lot of fun, Matt. Do you, do you have any crazy stories for Hassel? I mean, I'm told that I'm obnoxious at the blackjack table. I'm told that I make people uncomfortable. Well, you you won a bunch. On your sports bets, and you lost it all at the blackjack table. Yeah, not. Oh, did I didn't lose it all. I'm I'm not good about getting about. up and walking away when I notice something's not when I notice something's not right. What do you mean not right? You think you're like if cheated? I'm if I if I just won two hundred at the sports book and I'm down a hundred at blackjack, I'm gonna get my ass up and leave. Oh, okay, I thought I thought you meant Zoomier pulled a fast one on you. No, I can just sense when the cards aren't going our direction. You know, okay, just get the hell out of there. Don't. Don't sit there and wait for the table. Get up and leave. That's it's very it's very very simple. Matt, Sage advice. Did, did you ever know that Matt Van Winkle is like a compulsive gambler? Not no. true. Matt would be up at like seven in the morning <laughs> playing blackjack by himself down there what? at Circa. I, yeah. I did one day. I did one day. He's just laying you're... in bed. He's got cold sweats. He's like, I gotta get back. I gotta get back to the blackjack table. Well, Hook it up to my It's veins. two hours earlier out there, so it was 9 o'clock for me. My body's up. I'm ready to go. So he's just like, I got to gamble. 7 a.m. at the Williams blackjack. was in Usually, bed by 10 o'clock If you're at night. the blackjack table at 7 a.m., that means you're still up from the night before. <laughs> Not I go wing. hard. The well, here's is, the thing. I start I'm a, at like... I'm cheap, so the, the tables at 7 a.m. are $10 at Circa. So. And that's the key. That's the you got to hit those up. Yeah. I'm And you said I was in bed by 10. One, that's false. I was in bed by midnight every night. But I start early. Like, you guys are all, like, having your first beer at, like, 7 o'clock at night. Like, I'm I'm starting at, like, 10, okay? So don't, don't belittle me like that. Now, the days we had to work, okay, I probably had my first one at about 1. But, like, that Saturday morning when we went on the all-day deal, we by the way, we sat with Mike Palm at Bar Canada. It was a blast. Like, I started drinking at, like, 9. Like, I was ready to go. Did you like, have any of Miller's edibles? Had a couple. Oh. So you were drunk and high and on a heater in Vegas. I just like to keep everything just nice and smooth. I don't I don't get too drunk. I don't smooth get too, it out. Just just yeah. smooth. Just have it a out. nice day. Just have a nice day. That sports yeah, book though. That sports book was was amazing. I mean, I was thinking about it when I got back. Like you know, you you sit on your your couch at home. You can place bets on your phone. It's 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 a thrill if you win. But when you're at the book with all those yeah. people. Watching the game on that giant screen, I was at a, nothing uh, like FAU, it. Man. It's crazy. I, I I was at an FAU watch party. Oh, really? Saturday night. Yeah, man, you've really got into the FAU thing oh, for you. Oh, I just want to. I, I want to just find an owl right now and just hug it. Oh, I thought you were going to say something a little more perverse. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. I I, I knew where I thought it was going. Uh, I just want Hugging to find an little... owl and blanket. <laughs> I just want to make owl. sweet, sweet love to an owl. Oh. Rip it out of the tree. 
I love that team, man. It, this is um, this is one of the greatest underdog stories in sports history. If you've seen the facilities that they have firsthand, and I, I mean, I was at a game five years ago before this thing started to turn around. Oh my god, it was depressing. This the program had never had any success. And uh, Matt Norlander wrote a great article that's on CBSSports.com right now on their head coach, Dusty May, who took over the job four or five years ago. And he took the job. He was an assistant at, at Florida. He took the job, agreed to the contract before he set foot on campus. He hadn't seen the facilities yet. And in this article, it says, when he came down, and he saw the gym, and he saw the facilities. He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> what did I just do? He went back to the hotel where his wife was and just started bawling with his wife, saying, I just made a huge mistake. This is career suicide. Wow. That's how bad the facilities were and in some cases still are they're getting a little bit better but not not a lot and he took that to the final four it's good perspective interesting note as well all the money that fau is is making 10 plus million dollars to go to the final four they don't get to keep any of it because they're going to the american next year it all oh goes God. back to conference usa and I will add, rightfully so. Yeah. Like, let's not feel bad for these these programs or these schools that are jumping ship to greener pastures and leaving their conference. Conference USA should get that money, but it's it's just it's it's another layer to this. It is a, it is amazing. And then the other layer too is just. I think it's really interesting if you think of last off season. And all the talk of how NIL is ruining the sport and, you know, it's going to make it nearly impossible for the have-nots. And, and then you see the Final Four the way it looks like right now. Now, granted, Miami's a huge NIL Yeah, team. I mean, they paid... Uh, they're they're one of the biggest. 800000 in the offseason. It just the... I think the tournament right now, though... Again, we'll talked about it a lot but these older teams that are older and tougher and, and grittier and like you, you got a shot but that's another right? thing about FAU their stars are sophomores yeah they know, are extremely my... young and you got a shot like it's not look at North Carolina like Caleb Love's leaving now Baycott's coming like they're the perfect example um that you don't necessarily it's not all the biggest talent. That's what makes this tournament so great. You just don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. You have no clue. Yes, yeah, that's why college basketball is just, it's so different than college football. I mean, can you imagine? You would never get this. Like a San Diego State, even in football, I don't think they would make a college football playoff as it is right now, undefeated in the Mountain West. And that's a great football program, San Diego State. FAU, pff, they go 13-0 and in Conference USA. They're not sniffing the playoff. What a fascinating matchup between FAU and yeah. San Diego State. Two really. teams I've called a lot of games of. I've been to the – and it, and it again, it puts into perspective 
the difference in FAU compared to San Diego State. San Diego State regularly sells out their 13,000-seat arena. They've got a huge fan base, and they are looked at kind of on the same level of an FAU because they're quote-unquote mid-majors. No, I mean, FAU is so far below that. I mean, San Diego State was going to be a one-seed in 2020. They were going to be a one-seed in the tournament. Waukee or Florida Atlantic? Is does Waukee have a new? Because I, I haven't remember, remember I haven't been there in ten years. I was just there for a state tournament game and I was it, blown away. I would it. compare it to like where Valley plays if they play in the same stadium, same arena that they used to. It holds yeah. twenty five hundred people. There's no seating behind the rims. You know, there's it's just a wall, mm-hmm. just a wall on each side that goes up. And I'm telling you, I was going to these games even last year. There were 300 people in the stands. This year, they started selling it out. That's the Waukee Fieldhouse right there. Yeah, it's it's similar to that. I, Waukee looks nicer. It's similar to that, though. But, the, but this year, they... They started selling out games. The, the students got behind them. They had they started having great atmospheres in there. But still, like they they're like workout room. And Matt's got a picture of FAU up now of the arena. That has to be this year because it's packed. <laughs> they have their workout room is like you ha- you walk up the stairs and like on the other side of the wall there's just a little like Smith machine machine station. And so it's, it's just a man. He was dusty May. He was walking us around their facilities back in January. And he's like, people also don't understand that we have to pay for our own refs. Like that comes out of our really small basketball budget. It's really small, like incredibly small. All, all the money goes to the football program. They, and then they have to use some of that money to pay these refs to come in. That's crazy to me that the school you've, You've told me that before, and like that just blows my mind that that's it's, not a it's conference insane. thing. I mean, yeah, I understand how college basketball works, and it's not conference officials, but you would think that that would be covered. But wow, yeah, it comes right out of their budget. They don't have much, and to get this group of guys together, really an incredible and, job. And how about this? Dusty May wasn't even one of the four finalists for Naismith Coach of the Year, or whatever the hell it is. Is it Naismith Tang or one, right? It, it, he, it was like it was Tang, it was Matt Painter, and it was it's it's it, the how guy who possible? he beat wanted. I'm pretty sure that Tang is the one who won. And I get to Tang did an amazing job yeah. at Kansas State, they picked last, right? Mm-hmm. But come on, nobody's did did a better coaching job than Dusty May at FAU. He's won 35 we, games. We vote on these awards way too early, too. By the way, I vote mm-hmm. for the wooden. Like it, it. I know that it's a full season award it's not supposed to be an ncaa tournament award but it it's kind of like it's kind of like the heisman too it's like i mean doesn't what isn't what you do in the playoffs yes. shouldn't that matter yes like, I feel like, like if it, fran mccaffrey ever gets iowa to the sweet 16 coach of the year right there yeah but if you're a one seed and you lose in the first round like purdue get out yeah how that wipes away a lot of what you did in the regular season yeah it's it's a it, 
it's a it's a real problem. But the problem is those awards just don't have the prestige that they once did. Either. Unless you're on the women's side, and then everybody's gonna freaking fight over it and <laughs> yell at each other and shit talk each other and crazy. Um. So yeah, that that's a great matchup. I mean, it really feels like to me, Chris, that the the UConn Miami game is the kind of the championship game here. But I think people are underestimating how great UConn is. I'm like, with you, brother. Uh, you you see you. the four seed, and you're like, oh god, this is just this is the craziest hodgepodge of teams we've ever seen. Right, let's okay, FAU and San Diego State, yes. Miami was in the Elite Eight last year. They basically brought everybody back and then some. And UConn is one of the most talented teams in the country. They were up there in the top 10 early on in the season. They went through a little rough patch in the middle of the year where they couldn't win. And that's what dropped their seed down. UConn has been the best team in the tournament bar none. They've been blowing teams out, 15-plus every game. I find it hard to believe that UConn's going to lose a game again. I, 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 just, I think UConn is rolling, and they're going to win another championship. That'll be five national titles in the last 24 years if they do I, that. I'll pick UConn, too, but I, I'm just a little leery because Miami's just so hot, and those guards are so good. It's not crazy to think that they could put one together. Um, it's not crazy to think, but... I think UConn is a U- step above everybody. I think UConn is a the way they're playing right now. They would be a legit one seed. They just I, had I that think, four or five game losing streak in the middle of the season. I don't know if you listened to any of our stuff from Vegas, but I, I ran this by Mike Palm pretty hard on on Thursday, and Mike obviously is a world class handicapper, so it's great to bounce things off of him. And I just I think college basketball is changing in the sense like Creighton was criminally underseeded as a six. Yes. UConn is criminally underseated as a four. Miami's criminally underseated as a five. And FAU is criminally underseated as a nine. FAU Correct. should have been at worst a six or a seven. So, I said that going into the tournament. You did, yeah. And I, I just think that these big NIL teams are more like NBA teams now where they don't turn it on until later. They just don't. Like some of these teams, like I think it's easy for a team like UConn to get up when they're out in Portland. Phil Knight's in the house. You had all mm-hmm. these stars around. But then, do you remember Creighton? Like, they couldn't even win a game there for like a month. And that's and they, that's how UConn was in that yeah, Miami early was stretch the of the way. season. And then it's like, oh, mid-February hits, and now we're going to turn it on. And then now, like, a poor 12 seed, like, Drake draws Miami. They should have won the game. Yeah. But, like, we tried telling people, this is not a good draw. Like, this is one of the most – this may be the best backcourt in college basketball you're playing. Right? Mm-hmm. And I just like Creighton is a top ten talent team in college basketball that was a six seed. Mm-hmm. I just think the I think the tournament is, is as far as like sticking to seeding and stuff. We talked about this going into the tournament that the difference in seeds just oh. it's not that big of a deal anymore. No, like it's it's really not from what from a nine seed down to a three seed. It's just really not that much of a difference because. No. Because of the way I think the committee, the committee looks at things, I think a, a completely wrong way. Uh, I, I don't think that they award seeds the way they should. I mean, it's it's so flawed, the especially whole, with these mid majors like FAU. It's so flawed. 
Well, and the whole the, the November games mean as much as the February games is hard, too, because it's like the teams are totally different. I understand yes. why they're yes. trying to do that. They want to reward teams for playing better schedules and all that. But, like, I don't know. It just I liked it when they used to factor in your last 10 games. I, I thought that was the right way to go about things. I mean, you look at UConn, Makes one, sense. two, three, four, five, six. They won six of their last seven games going into the tournament. They were right? hot. They're a four seed. And then you had Iowa State that racked up all those wins early on in the season that fell apart toward the end and what happened in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Do you have a feel for FAU and San Diego State? My gut tells me to play San Diego State. I don't even know what the line is. They're just so I think good two. on defense. I think San Diego State's favored by two, and the total is about 130. It's going to be a low-scoring game. San Diego State is a great defensive team. Oh, they're so good on defense. FAU is, we will just shoot threes and shoot threes and shoot threes. I want FAU to win. I'm a little concerned that the perimeter defense of San Diego State is going to be a problem. You saw that against Creighton. Creighton just could not. Second half, man, when they locked in. Couldn't make a shot. Yeah. Okay. I well, I would I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take FAU because ever since they they got over the hump against Memphis, I hated that matchup. And as we've seen, that was that's been you could argue that was the, their toughest opponent so far. Memphis in that first game. Miami could argue Drake has been their toughest opponent so far. First game. The officiating we wanted to touch on here before we go. A lot of people con- saying it's never been worse and it's a huge problem right now. What do you think? Is there a major officiating problem in college basketball? That's a loaded question. I, I, I think we have a problem. Yeah, I just think that there's so many bad ones. I think it goes – I think it's deeper than just college basketball, though. I think that outside of the NBA, where is officiating good right now? Nobody wants to do it, right? Like, and I, and I don't yeah. know what the I don't know what the answer is, but it. Um, I mean, I, I think that they'd be better off having conferences employ these guys, kind of like see. It's really hard to go from a Pac-12 game to a Big 12 game because the styles are so different, right? I mean, freaking go from the Conference USA, which you see, to to the Big 12. Like these guys are working like six games a week. I think it's a worse I think it's a bigger problem during the regular season than it is in the tournament. Um we I tell you what the bigger problem is is all the reviews, all the it's just insufferable. It, it's, it's every sport though, isn't it? I mean it's it's not just college yeah. basketball, it's college football, it's NFL. I we've got to figure out a way to streamline this. I mean just look at the semi-pro NFL leagues and how or semi-pro football leagues like the XFL and the whatever the other garbage is, the one thing they get right is the review system. They streamline that sucker, and it's mm-hmm. it's really easy, and it doesn't impact. We're we're spending two minutes trying to figure out if there's point one on the clock or if the game's over. Yeah, I, and again, like I think during the year, if these guys were like. Big 10 officials or Big 12 officials, I think it would help with the consistency because the one thing that's hard is you just don't know on a game-by-game basis how tightly it's going to be called. And I think it's hard on these officials because, like, look at how FAU plays and look at how 
San Diego State plays. Like you, you couldn't have more polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- and again, I, in the tournament, I think it's different. It's always been the case, but on a game by game basis, Iowa fans bitched about the officials more this year than I've ever heard them. I think, yes. like, be, right? Like, and Iowa they, State they fans bitch about specific officials. Oh well, Clarence Underspoon is is is, is calling this. Well, we'll get but buckle up. Yeah, he's out to get us. Iowa State fans now. Are David kind of Tinklebottom like, is here. Oh God damn it! Well, we like as an Iowa State guy, you watch the game now, and who the official is is directly going to impact if you win or lose based on the style of play. If you get one of these shitty officials that lets everything go, Iowa State's going to have a pretty good chance to win if they let them play. If you get Higgins or you know some of these top-notch ones, no, they'll call every foul. And that's not a good thing if you're West Virginia or Iowa State. So it's just – there's just no consistency, I think, is the problem. And it get in my opinion, it gets better during the tournament. The Creighton call was a bad call. Like it – did he foul him? Yes. Again, a lack of consistency. That game was super physical all night long. And it's hard. It's hard to ref a San Diego State game because you could call a foul on every play with the amount of physicality that those guys play with. But I, I don't know what the answer is. You see more of these games like from a national standpoint than I do. Do you have a better option? I just know. I, I, and I think we've been bitching about this not just for a year or two years. This is this. We've always done this. It's always we've always said, "Oh God, the officiating sucks. It's just terrible. It's never been worse." I, I don't think it's gotten worse. I, I I I don't. I just think now we're watching more games, and we have better technology. We, we better technology, everything. better access to the games to watch. We're betting on more games, so we're watching more games. Like we're passionately. Yeah, we're, we we might be we might be betting on a. a you know, a, a CAA game. And so we pull that up on the ESPN plus app and we see it in HD and Oh God, these officials suck. Yeah. Okay. They, they, I think they've, I think it's been pretty consistent. It's been consistently inconsistent for decades. And I, the one thing I do notice and it drives me crazy is officials will completely change the way they're officiating games based on the score. If a team is down by 15, they are going to get, if it's a, if it's a close call, they're going to get it. And I can't stand that. Yeah, I get you. Any, any ball that goes out of bounds in the last two minutes of a game, the team that's losing by five or six is going to get the benefit of the doubt on that call. They're going to get the. They're going to drive into the lane. The guy's going to be totally set. He hasn't moved for five seconds. But if you run into him and you're down by ten with a minute to go, you're going to get the call. I can't stand that. That's what drives me crazy. And that's the human element of these officials. Yeah, and that's another thing that makes it so interesting during the regular season. That that human element is. It's so real, and I. I, I don't think, Chris, that I ever really grasp it until the last two years how real it is. When you watch games at Hilton, you see it. But when you play the style that Iowa State does, it's become so much more evident to me that when you're on the road, you don't get the calls mm-hmm. that you get at home. And that's the human aspect of it. Like the game at West Virginia this year just haunts me to the, where they got called for like 30 fouls. 
or whatever it was. That would never happen at Hilton Coliseum. That's, that's kind of when the season started to go downhill. I game. think it was because Caleb like lost it in that game, started yeah. yelling at the refs, and like it just that. And I, you know, I could point at the Texas Tech game too when they blew that lead. Oh feels, yeah, yeah. Feels to me like that was a a big part, but like. Yeah, I just love how you mentioned the human aspect that these are human beings, they're not robots. And you I've never recognized it more than the last two years as an Iowa State fan, though. When you play that mm-hmm. gritty <laughs> it is a totally different game when you go on the road. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we wrap it up, I guess we do have another show coming up, so we don't need to make our final four picks yet, because I really am not prepared to do that i no, feel a lot of no, pressure we got, a, we got another show coming up uh i feel less a lot than 48 of, hours i feel a lot of pressure though because we have friends so we have this pool that we do together so i didn't even know that you were in that pool until i won yeah i did i had no idea you were in there and then i'm like oh wow, man i'm scorching this weekend i'm gonna win this thing and i look up and you're at the very top and you went like 15 and one picking spreads and totals in the sweet 16 <laughs> and then i i only missed um one in the elite eight i had creighton but i hit the totals and then i hit miami on the second game so i only missed two games the entire weekend totals and spreads what is that noise van wink that's a lock oh that's a lock a vault it's like a vault closing so I'm feeling a little pressure though. We yeah. I won't name names, but there's a mutual friend that we had who yeah. They put fifteen thousand on UConn yeah. because of you trying to cover up some gambling losses from the would winning fifteen thousand on UConn would that cover up his like the amount of money he's lost yes. this tournament? So it he would. made up for the money he lost. Here's my qu- like. Do you know the type of pressure when you know that your friend like a a friend. Is just riding your hot streak. I don't like mm-hmm. it. It's not. I'm not giving out picks here. I'm not charging for, right? Like I don't have the secret sauce. Like I, and John Miller kept being like, "Double down, man. Come on, you need to bet more. You're you're hot." No, because this will come back around. It wasn't long ago, and Hassel and I were sitting in the same seat, and I went like one and twelve out there. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I'm not smarter than the book. Like this will come back around at some point. So I'm kind of thinking like this weekend, like I'm just screwed. Like don't even bet on the games. Just keep my winnings. Mm. Just keep riding the hot streak. Don't double down though. (laughs) Just keep betting the same amount. God, I wish I would have doubled down. No, that's dumb. That's that's a Dave Zabolinski thing. He'll double down. He'll be on this winning streak. He'll keep doubling down and then you lose one time and you lost it all. It's dumb. It's a terrible Dave's way a big to go gambler. I didn't even know. Yeah, amazing, right? <laughs> I don't even think gambling is legal in uh, Nebraska. Is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it is. A little too. No, because they all drive over to Council Bluffs. Yeah, Council Tucky. Yep, that's what they place do. their bets. That's what John Miller does. He drives across the interstate and like just sits at the underhang, places his bets, and drives home. The underhang. Yeah, isn't that the name of the strip joint? <sighs> yeah watching john miller all doobied up walking out onto fremont street for the first time was one of the great moments of my life like whoa when did he become such a pothead 
<laughs> that guy is like his personality has completely changed like four different times He's since a I've known him. I I had so much fun with John. I wish you could have been out there with us. He Oh, I was so jealous. He's I, a lot of fun. It looked like so much fun. We did. We had a good time. Thanks to Circa for being great hosts. It was cool too because there we weren't the only media outlet out there. There, yeah, the Field of sixty eight was out there. I saw yeah. Goodman and they were there. There was Houston ESPN Radio, um, Chicago Radio. Uh, we had a really good group of media guys, and Circa did a great job of giving us a spot in the sports book. Yeah, it was like a out. big. It was like a radio row out there at the yeah. pool. It was awesome. It, the setup was really, really, really cool. And then Maddie um, set up a two-camera set for us. Now our our production quality is much better than it was the last time we were out there, Chris. I so are I you saying that, that Van cameras. Wink is is better than than Bloom at running yes, the camera setup considerably? But <laughs> I also invested in some better cameras for us too, so it um it's much easier. But yeah, Van Winkle's better than Bloom. We all know that. Anywho, appreciate you, my man. We'll be back on. Thursday. We will be back on Thursday morning. We'll get back on schedule. We are done traveling. I'm off well, the road. No, no, I'm football. not done traveling. What I mean, do you we'll, we'll do the show Thursday, but man, I'm going to the Final Four, you some bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are going to the Final Four. So Monday, I will be, we'll be able to do the show, but it'll be live from uh, Houston. Direct? You got to direct to Houston? No. No, I fly Delta, man. I got to fly Delta. So you get go those to Atlanta. points. So I fly through Atlanta, yeah. We made a pit stop in Atlanta on the way back from uh, Greensboro. What you, you mean? You flew through there? Or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a. You didn't fly area. through. You didn't fly through Phoenix like Freund. <laughs> hey, we're gonna we're gonna go to Phoenix, then to Seattle, and then back to Des Moines. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Iowa Women Friday. We'll we'll have some uh, more preview. That's of a late that. game, right? That's like eight thirty central. Yeah, the Iowa game. Yeah, I got. In fact, you'd be. I I had to lock in. So Cameron, Cameron is very confused because she doesn't want to root for the Hawkeyes, but she likes Caitlin Clark. Get her on Twitter. Let's see her mix it up with those other Iowa State fans. That uh, yeah. And then she was like, "Well, doesn't Nana love the Cox?" It's what she said to me last night. Cause I we think were it watching. was Matt Sampson that asked earlier today, do they call them the Lady Cox or the Cockettes? <laughs> That's like super <laughs> offensive. <laughs> <laughs> but the teams do that. Oh, back in the day, everybody no, did the, that. Some of them still do. I know. No, the the uh, the high school my wife went to still does that. So, yeah, anyways. Well, we'll do all that. We'll have your preview show coming up on Thursday. Appreciate Fairway Meat and Grocery, our friends at Channel Seed, for giving us the Channel Seed Studios here. Of course, Circa was awesome to work with. Love all of you. Appreciate you. Still, Follow us. Still waiting on that Fairway Meat box, by the way. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. We are Iowa everywhere. We'll see you guys back on Thursday. Later. Have a great week. Iowa everywhere.